everybody. Welcome to episode number 18 of the RIP podcast. Uh, we hope you've had a very, very good week. And uh, this week on the show, we're going to be looking at brand new releases from The Black Keys, Salem and Caliban. And this week's uh, Symphonies of Destruction comes from those lovely lads in Tool, where we'll be looking at 20 years of lateralis, would you believe? Before we uh, we kick off with the, the contents of the show, how has your week been, fellas? Have you had a good week? It's been banging. But you're just going to say, it's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever says it in that tone. Yeah, it's been all right. Barney, have you had a good week, mate? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Uh, can I just say, it's nice that we finally didn't actually need to use a... Uh, well, we haven't used cue cards before, but it, wasn't, it was nice to actually, you know, like, how's your week been? Christoph, it was just... Dot, yeah. dot, actually. dot, dot, we, dot, uh, dot, dot. And it's like waiting awkwardly. No, it's been quite good. It's been, yeah, it's been quite good. Been back at work uh, on and off and yeah, just living, basically. Nice. That's what I like to hear, buddy. How's your week been, Stephen? It's been good. As we literally, as we are recording this, I have been, in, I've been injected with my COVID jab. Ooh. So, uh, you know, if I start all of a sudden spouting out Russian or if, if all of a sudden there's like an advert for Microsoft in the middle of this podcast, it's not my fault. It's obviously the COVID vaccine's fault. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, otherwise it's been, uh, it's been all right. It's not been bad. That's good. Yeah, man. Okay, well, I suppose we should kick off with a bit of news uh, before we get into the the reviews. So I think there's no other place to start this week. Kind of been fairly prominent and been the sort of the main headline of, of this week, really. But um, David Ellefson, I always pronounce his fucking surname wrong. Ellefson, no, that's correct. And it's, that's, that correct? That's the okay. correct pronunciation. Yeah, David Ellefson. Right, well, he's been a very naughty boy, basically. So earlier on in this week, a story broke about David Ellison. I believe there were, it started off with messages between him uh, and a woman or girl, whichever takes your preference. I don't want to offend. Yeah, started off with messages that were leaked on the internet between uh, himself and uh, a woman that were of a, uh, a sexual nature. Those messages were shortly followed up by a... A rather awkward video of uh, Ellison having a bit of a having a bit of a touchy feely time downstairs, and that video was unfortunately posted all over the internet. He came out with a statement. I shall uh, I shall read it as follows. So, dear fans and friends, as you may or may not know, some private and personal conversations and interactions have surfaced online. I like how he's used interactions there. It's like it's quite a discreet way of saying there's a video of you wanking on the internet, but okay. Yeah, so some interactions have surfaced online, released with ill intention by a third party who was not authorized to have them and share them. Whilst certainly embarrassing, I want to address it as openly and as honestly as possible. As much as as much as it's not something I'm proud of. These were private adult interactions that were taken out of context and manipulated to inflict maximum damage to my reputation, my career and family. The other party involved has made a statement, which you can read below. I thank her for doing so and hope that this clarifies the situation and not all was as it was presented as. Humbly yours, uh, David Ellison. So that young woman in question has come out with the following statement. 
I'm the girl people are talking about in the posts about David Ellison right now. I just want to tell my side of a story because people are sharing misinformation of the situation and it's getting out of hand without the truth being out there. Yes, those video calls did happen, but I was the one in the I was the one who initiated them and never was I underage. Uh, I was always a consenting adult. Nothing inappropriate ever happened before that. It was all consensual. I am not a victim. I have not been groomed in the slightest as I was the one to initiate it. Uh, I was just naive enough to record him and share it with a friend without his permission. In the end, it was all consensual and online. Okay, so that is the statement by the third party girl who obviously had this uh, interaction with, with Dave Ellison. So, thoughts? What we uh, what we reckon about this? <laughs> Fucking cute That's cards, me. man. I like Christoph Gerr first on this one. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, how old is this girl, first of all? Because I don't, I don't have mass amounts of knowledge, but to assume that, like, she's... I get that, like, if it's consensual, it's consensual. But, I mean, he's, what, maybe kicking 60 years old? And if a girl's got to say that it was consensual, she's somewhere between 17 and 19, maybe? uh well that's the problem we, we just don't know because yeah you know, at, at no point was her age actually given in this story so i feel yeah. like that needs to be addressed like you know if it this girl was six, if this girl well if she was 16 and it was consensual then yeah that's fucked um if she was 18 it's not great considering this dude's like fucking roughly around three times her age mm. i mean it does actually say here that uh I mean, Dave Ellison, he, he is a happily, well, it says he happily married, but clearly not if, you know, if this Wanking is... Wanking over young girls. Yeah, but uh, apparently he, he had his 27th wedding anniversary not long ago, so one would assume that maybe it's uh, it's not all uh, trouble fucking... In trouble yeah. in paradise, eh? Yeah, it's not all uh, sunshine and fucking rainbows, but um, it's... Uh, the thing is, it's, it's like, this is a perfect example of how news really does get twisted and manipulated to form clickbait on the internet because as addressed in not just dave's statement but you know with this girl as well uh, she's not come out with her name lately it just says i am the girl yeah. each of them have made statements both clarifying the situation both obviously both parties have claimed that it was all consensual and it was only intended to be a private thing and clearly her sharing it with presumably it would have been someone that she thought she could trust a friend you would assume hopefully not anymore has then obviously taken it and ran with it but is is it like, does this really warrant criticism it's getting or the the controversy that it's getting because yeah you can say like dave dave ellison is like oh you shouldn't be doing that you're like a the age you are and you know you're married and blah 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 but whatever he gets up to in his, his own personal time providing it's not illegal and you know and this girl isn't below the legal age mm. then what the fuck business is it of ours you know yeah. it's like people do shit things that people cheat on their partners every day people whatever they, they do that kind of stuff like yeah it's bad and you're an asshole for it but it's not illegal 
I don't think your career should be completely jeopardized because of it. Yeah. It's well, also it was, very fake yeah, news, sorry. you know? Yeah. Like, if you had facts, like, right, she was 60, this happened, this happened, this happened, then cool. But, like, you don't know the girl's name, don't know the girl's age. Like, she could be 20, you know, for all you know. And you're like, okay, so this article is literally a whole lot of fucking nothing. A guy had a wank over mm. a woman. Well, that's that's what it. That's what that's what it screams out to me as, like a man's just had a wank over a girl over a video chat. It's been recorded, and she's given it to someone who she shouldn't have. Like end of story. Like, why mm. does this have to basically become a massive career-threatening thing when clearly it, it was just, you know, from what I can tell, uh, an innocent thing on on day's part. I mean, granted. You may not like it and you may think that it's wrong and what have you, but it's just, it's what happens, you know? Mm. I mean, Barney, well, what's your stance on it? Uh, how do you feel? In I'm pretty sure I'm in the same, I'm pretty sure I'm in the same boat as Crystal Fax. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say worrying, but you know, it's like, we don't know the whole story because we don't know the girl's age, but let's just say for the benefit of the doubt, the girl is, but then the legal age, like, you know, early twenties or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then it's, Yeah. Shame on David for ruining his, potentially jeopardizing his marriage by doing that. But you can't yeah. really call him a predator or a groomer, which is some of the uh, some of the accusations that have been leveled against him. Mm-hmm. Nothing about that, if both parties are consensual, is predator-like or groom-like. No, at, exactly. most he, at most, he's jeopardized his marriage, which, yeah, it's not a great thing. But that doesn't mean he's technically done anything illegal. What he's done is actually perfectly within the law. I mean, have you ever heard of like a, a marriage going to shit because the guy just happens to watch a porn video? Yeah, but I think yeah, like you don't have a, yeah. and you don't have the connection to a porn star, you know. Like you know, something you can call... you can go on those chat rooms and like they actually do private shows for you. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how that OnlyFans like... became a thing as well. Not that I'm a, thing, like I'm a pro- fucking pro when it comes to watching porn videos. I'm just saying they, <laughs> they are out there, but you know, mm, what experience have you yeah, had, but... Stephen? Yeah, well, not for your ears, Barnaby. You're, the you're very cockthirsty caterpillar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah like i mean i think it's a bit different because obviously this conversation probably started off like quite innocent you know and they've obviously formed something beforehand they've Mm. been having sexy talks and stuff but yeah again you don't know do you like you don't know whether it just started off as casual conversation and then escalated something you don't know whether yeah you, you just you just don't know yeah, but it's yeah, just it's... like the, this whole thing now. You, I mean, I know that following this, let's let's put it, let's like sort of bullet point the facts. She's said that it's consensual. She's of the right age, and Dave's come out and said, you know, I've had, you know, we've obviously this is an amicable thing. We've both like agreed that there's no wrongdoing from a legal point of view, but unfortunately, it's just one of those things that's that's now public knowledge and. Do the public deserve to know the ins and outs of it at this point? They think they do. And I'm pretty certain from both these, like the Dave Ellison's and, and this girl's point of view, they probably issue well know. Why should the, it wasn't intended for the public in the first place? So why the fuck should they now know what's going on between us or whatever when uh, it wasn't intended by that in the first instance? But I just, I, I mean, I... Do you reckon we're going to see next week that Dave Ellison's been kicked out of Megadeth? because of this i kind of hope not i mean if more information came that shed a different light on it then maybe but like hopefully not just on the grounds of like not having enough information 
you would think at this point that uh, the the band would fair play. Maybe the band would want to know before they proceed. Like we want to know that we're in a band with somebody who's not a potential pedophile before we, you know, get on with the rest of our careers. So yeah, the band have a right to know, but in regards to these clickbaity gossip cancel culture fucking craving cunts why the fuck should they deserve to know anything when all they're going to do is try and exploit this and get someone's career up in flames just because they like to do it not purely because they have any kind of intent on cancelling pedophiles and this stuff i don't think they give a fuck to be perfectly honest i think they like the satisfaction of getting someone cancelled more than they do the satisfaction of having a genuine fucking wrong and cancelled you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, I'll agree to that. So, having something to scream about that makes them look like they're taking a stand and they're making a difference. Yeah, when it's in reality, like, it's yeah. all about inflating their own egos and being like, ha-ha, yeah. look what I've achieved. No, go fuck yourself. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously, you know, see how that develops. But yeah, in my eyes at this point, if they're both consenting adults, it's just it's just a unfortunate, embarrassing thing that's gone onto the internet when it shouldn't have done and yeah i'll agree to left, that. left at that yeah cool what else have we got in the news barney uh let's move on to some more wholesome stuff shall we mm. yay awesome andrew wk's gotten engaged Woo! hey yeah That's so cool. he is now engaged to actress cat cat dennings i was wanting to make sure i pronounced that uh pronounced that correctly mm. and okay. andrew I, wk I posted is, a but... Andrew WK posted a photo of uh, the engagement ring on his Instagram, and yeah, it's just some really wholesome news. I feel like, after, especially after a little bit of a tough time, it's nice to see that romance is not dead, to put it that way. Could you imagine oh, like, yeah. um, an Andrew WK kind of like after wedding party, what do we call him, like the wedding reception? He would play his own wedding reception. He'd be like, yeah, uh, mate. you know, that'd okay. be brilliant. Yeah, you could imagine him on stage with his fucking taco guitar, like I'm gonna smash this taco. And then I'm going to smash your taco and then bust into Party Hard. This song is for my wife. It's called She is Beautiful! She is Beautiful! Yeah, and then he starts fucking flipping tables and like throwing um, Hawaiian punch on all of his guests. Yeah. Man, how do we get on the guest list for Andrew WK's wedding? Because that's should sell tickets to his wedding. I'd fucking love to go to Andrew WK's wedding. You should sell tickets to it. That'd be incredible. I'd love to go to that. Yeah, I just um, hope, I just hope Cat Dennings loves parring as much as he does. They can just well, party together. You've kind of got to because you don't want to watch Andrew WK being like, "Well, I like to party hard, but now I like to crochet." Imagine that he's like, you know, what the fuck have I got myself into? <laughs> and he's like at his house. It's like a three hundred and sixty-five day party every day. But, um, yeah, fair play to the guy. I love Andrew WK. Not just as a musician, but as a human. I think he's just, I think, he's yeah, just I think a stellar human being. Yeah, fair play. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Um, the rock and roll uh, president says they don't discriminate against metal, even though they haven't really been that kind of metal <laughs> recently. With uh, Iron Maiden getting nominated and not getting in. Also Judas Priest as well, which has obviously uh, ruffled a few feathers in the metal community. Personally, I really don't give that much of a shit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nor do I give much of a shit about the Grammys. But, you know, some people do, and that's fine. Was it the... Funny enough, it brings Megadeth back into the discussion, but was it... um, I can't remember if it was the Hall of Fame or if it was the Grammys. It might have been the Grammys. 
where um yeah dave, dave mustaine got an award for sat like a, i don't know if it's like an icon award or whatever but you know when they go up to claim the reward so when they get up from the crowd and they walk up to the stage to get it as he got up and started walking to the stage they were playing metallica and not even like a Metallica song that he was on, just a random Metallica song. Oh, he must have been pissed at that. Yeah, like he fucking... Oh, yeah. like how, like that, that's how much they don't give a fuck around like metal. Like They don't even do their research in regards to... There's, there's a bit of a rocky relationship there between like, Dave Mustaine and Metallica, so you couldn't have really picked a more insulting thing to do, really, could you? Like, yeah, yeah, but judging exactly. by those types of things, you'd probably be like, and the winner is Corey Taylor. And they go, well it's all metallica to us you know like yeah but well this is why i really don't give that much of a shit about organizations like the rock and roll hall of fame like yeah it's nice to see metal bands get nominated and hopefully some of them will win i mean judas priest has been nominated Def leopard got um inducted not that long ago nine inch nails was it nine inch nails that got in this year i can't remember i think nine inch nails got in yeah, and it's like, yeah, uh-huh. they will get in eventually, but it's just, I really don't care in the grand scheme of things, to be honest. Uh-huh. And anyway, for those who do care, we have our own uh, award ceremony called the Revolver Golden Gods. Each year. That's the thing? I mean, I'm not sure if it was a thing, in, uh, I'm not sure if it's a thing now, obviously, but hopefully it'll come back. I'm pretty sure they had it in 2019. Maybe I might yeah. be mistaken, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, they we had the Golden Gods, which were quite sick. Obviously, a lot of good bands got nominated for that. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Well, yeah. I, I, award ceremonies in general, just you know, why? Why are they necessary? Yeah. Unless... I think, yeah, I think the what what bands end up headlining festival bills and you know album sales and all that stuff and just everlasting legacies that will speak more than you know who gets nominated into like some mm. cliched organization or award ceremony, so to speak. So yeah, that's yeah. all I really have to say about that. All right, fair enough. Yeah, cool. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? I think we we all miss Metalocalypse, don't we? Oh, I love a bit of metal. You, I, I think I tried showing Christoph Metalocalypse once. I can't remember. Do I ever show you that? The... I've seen little bits of it, but I haven't watched all of it. Oh, mate, you need to listen. They got like actual albums. Death Clock. They got. You should listen to the records. They're fucking brilliant. But um, was it Brendan Smalls? Is that his name? Yeah, Brendan Small. Yeah, Brendan Smalls. Yeah, I remember um, listening to def clock before i'd actually watched the show because i was just under the impression that def clock were just like a normal functioning like touring band you know what i mean i mean they are um, at least i think they were but they are still should i say but i wasn't aware that it was all based around like a cartoon i thought it was just genuinely just like a normal metal band but yeah that's really fucking cool so when's that supposed to come out oh the movie uh they haven't said yet actually let me just see i've got the article here no, they haven't said when uh, the movie's going to come out, but hopefully that'll be sometime this year. But it's going to continue off of the uh, where they left off from the Doomstar Re- Requiem musical. Uh, I don't think I've checked that out. From- yeah, it was pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. It's going to yeah. continue off of the story, uh, the plot and storyline of that. So it is going to be a continuation of the whole story of Death Clock and Metalocalypse, essentially. essentially. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to... Um, it's been been a while since i've actually chucked on a bit of metal metalocalypse so i'll have to uh get reacquainted in uh, yeah operation the show yeah i got the i got the box set somewhere i think i think it's under my bed i'll have to dig it out but um yeah good news good news got some more good news if you guys are interested <gasps> you're right that was yeah. worrying. He sort of had his hand over his crotch and he made that noise i thought like he <laughs> i thought it was going to be too good to be true 
No, uh, this, is, this is really good, and uh, it is true. Boys, I think I've just came in my harem trousers. As you were, boys. Uh, turns out, a uh, little-known album by Gojira called Fortitude, which we uh, spunked all over a couple of episodes back. Yeah. It's, it's actually doing quite well for itself. So it has landed the number one spot on the t- on the Billboard top album sales chart, and it currently sits at number twelve on the Billboard two hundred, currently beating out several other artists, including another DJ Khaled, who likes to shout his name every other fucking sentence in <laughs> each song he's featured on. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking cool. So I would show- I would assume then that that makes this Gojira's most successful record up to date. Then I think, as far as I know, yes. I don't know the. Um, the chart like com- commercially, but... I mean, not like necessarily amongst fans, but like because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. the streaming numbers and you know chart sales and chart positions for Magma and uh, L'Enfant Sauvage, but yeah, I think this does make it the most successful one, um, commercially yeah. at least. I mean, also it's got it's a fucking banger as well. Like, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure most of Gojira's fans are going to look at this and go, yeah, they they'd hit this one out of the park. Mm. Yeah, man. Fuck, yeah, awesome. it's good news. Good news. Yeah, this is it sense of the theme of uh, really good news this week? Well, there is one thing that is going to come up that I'm aware of. It's kind of don't know if it's good, but it's comical. Yeah, I think that'll segue nicely. What is this uh, comical news you want to bring up? Oh, all right, okay. Well, we can uh, we can jump in. The Offspring. So they've got themselves into a little bit of bother by none other than uh, Peter, the uh, the animal rights group that like to uh, kill animals. <laughs> yes sounds very so, uh ethical but yeah, yeah. so recently the offspring released a uh, music video for their song uh we never have sex anymore from their record let the bad times roll and uh, the video sees two chimpanzees acting out roles on sets that include a strip club and um essentially the uh, the monkeys they're put in numerous costumes and they're basically acting out the video of like a, a couple that don't have sex anymore, effectively. But um, Peter, the animal rights group, have, have sent a letter to the band's frontman, Dexter Holland, asking him to pull the video because it risks legitimizing a cruel industry, propping up the exotic pet, tr- pet trade and reversing years of uh, animal advocacy work that have nearly ended the use of chimpanzees in hollywood so what are we saying about this the offspring getting in a bit of bother because they're using some monkeys in a music video um i mean yeah i think peter are full of shit to be honest yeah it's just a load of bollocks really isn't it yeah sorry uh basically can you not use those chimpanzees because that might put more workload on us when we have to shoot them later on yeah, pretty know, much. Like, it's just like, like uh, if they genuinely cared about animals, then cool. But like everyone at this point knows that Peter don't give a fuck about animals. They take yeah. them in. What twenty five percent of them get killed? Maybe more than that. And they don't need to get killed either. Forty thousand like animals got put to sleep in West Virginia alone, like because of Peters. It's fucking. Yeah. It's like, like when they could have easily been rehoused yeah. or you know fostered on. Yeah. I feel like when they do these things, like it's to try and make themselves look good. Like, you know, oh, look at this. We're, like, we're making a difference by sending a letter to a band. Yeah. That have like, I you th- know, a cert, like not even a, would you say offspring, like their music and their, their popularity, shall I say, is nowhere near what it used to be. 
Uh, do they honestly think that they're making a difference by just sending a letter to the band? Like, I, I really don't think there's probably bigger, bigger things you could be doing to fighting the cause than picking on a pop punk band that are using I mean, two chimpanzees in a, in a video that, for the most what, part, uh, you, yeah, go on, mate. What are they going to do next? Like, oh, hello. Um, sorry, Umbrella Academy. Uh, can you, uh, can you, can you cut that chimpanzee from going to space? Because we don't want NASA sending the chimpanzees to space for cheap labour. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck off, man. Seriously, like it's a fucking video. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Uh, can you, can you please uh, make sure that Doctor Doolittle gets pulled because we don't like the way that that man speaks to the chimpanzees and all the rest of the animals because we worry that that's gonna, that's gonna increase the popularity of other people kidnapping animals and pretending that they can talk to them as well okay thanks like no like i don't think that that's going to influence the the fucking exotic pet trade in any shape or form really it's like who in, who in the right mind is going to think oh well the offspring have got monkeys in their music video let's go fucking buy some monkeys i don't go that like, thought doesn't go through my head Right, I watched fucking Tiger King. I haven't got a fucking tiger. I got a fucking ten tigers out of my garden, have I? No. But you haven't been you able know? to financially recover from this. Yeah. No, I'm not, no, I haven't been able to kick my crystal meth habit. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the tigers are the the main point here, and I haven't got any of them yet. If yeah, anyone exactly. knows where you can get a tiger on the cheap, let me know. <laughs> You're trying to kidnap a cat a few doors down. I think a tiger's a bit of a fucking stretch. <laughs> Peter don't need to know that I've been trying to catnap, all right? It's for that <laughs> cat so good. You want to tell them. They'll probably take that cat and put it down yeah. when it doesn't need to be. Yeah, like, dude. Christoph, be would, fucking... you let, would you let Peter within a 10-mile radius of your cats? No. And exactly. now that they know that I'm trying to, like, save a cat, they're going to get their rifleman on top of the fucking John Murray building to take him out. Yeah. Exactly. I think the moral of the story is, fuck off, Peter, leave our music alone, and stop killing animals. Exactly. Yeah, just, just leave our music alone. Leave animals alone. Just... Do they, uh, do they like, actually think that those monkeys are drinking alcohol and fucking doing drugs? Do they yeah. think that? They look at that video and they think, they're, they're, this is wrong. They're giving monkeys alcohol and they're letting them they're letting them run rampant. They're letting them spunk on that stripper's tits. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's not real. It's not do you real. know how hard it is to wean a chimpanzee off of cocaine? Do you yeah. know how, how long he has to spend in rehab and how much? That's why we kill them, because it's cheaper to shoot it in the head than it is to send a monkey to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how are you going to do something they... like that and assume that it's going to be like animal abuse and they're exploiting monkeys when it's clearly it's all acting and it's all like it's all done in like a professional manner? It's just we. It's just such a a ridiculous thing for Peter to get involved in, you know. I can't wait for them to delve further into this and be like, "We need to cancel corn because they did a face-off style video where chip where they sent chihuahuas with human faces on into a fucking strip <laughs> club," you know, like yeah, it's Fuck just me. fucking dumb. Oh yeah. Oh, oh well, wow. oh, yeah. world, the world's gone madder. The world's gone fucking mad. We got anything else in the news, or can we move on to uh, to some reviews? Uh, I think I've bled myself dry. Unless you guys have got anything uh, else to want to report on? No, no, not. Yeah, cool. I think in that case, right, that is the news. That is the news this week. All right then. So let's dive right into some uh, some brand new music. First album we're going to be looking at this week on the show comes from the uh, the Black Keys, the American rock duo. So this is their 10th record named Delta 
cream. You boys fans of the Black Keys? No, not really. Uh, not my thing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of. It's not terrible. Hour. It's just not my thing. I see this as more like something that hipsters would be listening to, drinking in their like independently yeah. run coffee shops, sipping in a really obscure IPA that no one else has heard of. You know, because obviously hipsters do things before yeah. they become cool. This is why I can't microbreweries can to match their micro penises. Oh, basically, yeah, match their yeah. massive fucking egos. But you know, this seems like a band that hipsters would love. But yeah, eh, not to bash on them, just not for me. I mean, I gotta say, I um, I dip, I dip in and out. I mean, there are certain songs that I really like by them, and and then others that I'm just like nonplussed by. Um, that being said, this is their tenth record that we're going to be looking at, so. You would assume it being 10 records in now that maybe creatively at the very least, they maybe want to, I don't know, go in a different direction. I thought it'd be interesting to bring this through really just because, um, again, a, a band like the Black Keys, you wouldn't necessarily associate with the kind of music that we talk about. But, um, you know, it, sometimes you could be surprised. And uh, yeah. I thought I'd bring it in. So I've got to say the indie scene as a whole especially in this country it cultivates these top man wearing mannequin looking shit cunts that drink carlin on a saturday night with their mates <laughs> all dressed in the same clothes they've all got the same haircuts basically behaving like they should be put down by peter uh essentially on the night out yeah peter uh, why don't you do anything about these fucking cunts and sacrificing yeah i mean they're the real animals dogs instead. And they, Come on. yeah and they act like savage animals after they've had three stellas and a fucking popcorn yeah. chicken so if peter want to make a difference that's where you start and in the winter they also dre- all dress like they're in peaky blinders too which is hilarious you just sort of watch from afar and they all like talk like they oh we're like we fucking from london ain't it when really like, oh mummy is my ravioli ready that's how they actually talk anyway so the Black Keys are kind of one of those bands that I've always been put off by purely based off of their fan base, really. Uh, not even necessarily the band's musical output themselves. But I mean, that might be coming up a bit later on in the show in regards to being put off a band by their fan base alone. You know, we'll, we'll get to it. <clears throat> you might have guessed at this point, but we'll uh, I'll leave you on the edge of your seat until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Usually when you look at indie uh, and these indie wankers that attach themselves to bands, normally you look at bands like the Libertines and the Kaiser Chiefs, all the bands that begin with the, basically. But I always thought that uh, the Black Keys were a bit of an anomaly because they sound nothing like these these bands that I've just mentioned up to this point. You know, they're not your traditional indie sounding band, I don't think. But unfortunately, they've just had this group of, of people latch themselves to them separating the fan base from the music um i think what you're left with really is just a perfectly acceptable band doing kind of like you know background bar music it's nothing essentially special or it's nothing that really is that standout ish if you like but you know i i think that it's it's certainly it's certainly something that i can't hate it's um it's just it's just music that's there and music that's pretty easy to listen to. And uh, I feel that that's kind of more or less this record in a nutshell, if I'm perfectly honest with you. So uh, as I say, it's 10 albums deep and um, they haven't really deviated from the sound that they've always had really 
you know this is uh this isn't a this isn't them experimenting by any stretch of the imagination this isn't them doing anything different but it's still just uh an easy listen you know it's just two dudes that are just jamming but it's it's no more than that to be perfectly honest with you uh before i move on well go any further i mean um barney what did you what did you reckon when you when you stuck this on i think that's what it generally was just easy listening so to speak and i got a bit instrumentally i'm going to start with the positives because there were even though this isn't a fan even though i'm not a fan of this type of genre of music there was quite a few positives i managed to take away from this mm-hmm. the instrumental side of it is very good and like i said there's quite a lot of like down and dirty delta blues country influences like when you take a song like poor boy a long way from home like yeah you could easily mistake that for something which like one of the classic blue stars like albert king or steve ray vaughan well maybe not steve ray vaughan would have written there's quite a lot of influences which i did really enjoy on this record actually musically and it just goes to show how much i say talent these guys actually have musically it just falls apart when the guy starts singing unfortunately i really do not enjoy the vocals and you know if people do that's fair play it's just i don't yeah okay fair play uh and christoph what do you reckon i mean yeah again like like I've, I kind of felt like if it was an instrumental album, I'd be going out and buying this album. But yeah, the vocals just aren't quite right. And there's a lot of like tunes where you kind of go, oh, hang on, it's about to get heavy and dirty. And then it just kind of doesn't really, you know, it's mm-hmm. like they're like all them witches and dire straits and like the raconteurs had a yeah. child, which sounds great. But also actually that child's a bit of a fucking mom. yeah it's you know it's not quite like it's not got the punch you know like it's not like those sorts of bands they kind of like there's there's rise and fall there's clean sections there's the fuzzy distortion it gets heavy for a minute and it accents each other and there are points in the black keys album where you think that's going to happen but it never really does. It never, you know, they don't, it's like they look at the distortion pedal and they go, right, it's time for that. Mm. Nah, it's okay. We'll keep them waiting. And then you wait and you wait and you wait and it never happens. And, and they just but never then, use it. Yeah. That's yeah. I had as well. But then like that Cole Black Matty song, I've probably listened to that three or four times today. Oh, that's the you best know, song like, on the album, Matt. It, and like then the song afterwards you're like oh it's got this nice fuzzy sound mm-hmm. and then they fuck the fuzzy sound off and they and you're like, oh okay well i thought like from Cole coal black matty might be like that turning point you know oh okay yeah. well we've had your standard blues we've had this clean style we've had a bit of john mayer and now we're gonna go into like some dirty fuzzy grungy maybe almost stonery sounding blues rock mm-hmm. But it didn't, and I kind of felt, I think, because I expected that to happen, and it didn't, yeah. you kind of lost interest at that point. It's it's albums like these that really make you appreciate bands, like you said, like All Them Witches and The Raconteurs, and uh, even Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. So I don't know if you guys have checked mm-hmm. those. But, but yeah, like, yeah, I've heard of, heard of them, haven't checked out their music. Yeah, it's just their bands that go that bit extra. So this, this always kind of falls short, where Christoph was saying, like, you you're looking at the distortion pedal but you're not using it and you you're waiting for it to kind of explode and it doesn't it's just more of a a more of like a very slow pace you know and it doesn't really ever go anywhere and by the time you think it's going to go somewhere 
you're already like at the next song or halfway through the album my attention dwindled it's very i think my favorite is my personal tastes i like the first half of the album you know i I think that once it gets to uh cold black um cold black matty that's kind of after that is where it kind of starts to dwindle my attention starts starts to dwindle and it kind of goes a bit uh, you know it just goes a bit kind of off the rails um and yeah it's it's just uh don't get me wrong i mean in terms of the the scene that this band happens to find itself within uh i certainly think that these are like very much top of the list in regards to stuff that is listenable because i don't know about you guys but i can't stand shit like the kaiser chiefs and fucking razor light and all that all the fans are lumped into that scene i mean let me just think about yeah i'm with you on that (laughs) oh yeah you know i mean it's clearly this is certainly billions times billion times better than all the shit that surrounds it in oh yeah for sure i'll agree to that absolutely Um, you know but it's just obviously for bands that we normally listen to of this nature uh again all them witches and uh for me, I do. I've got a real kinship with Black uh, Rebel Motorcycle Club and uh, Raconteurs and Jack White. Jack White in general is a fucking genius. They, are, but... they sound like a very beige in places, like a very, very, very beige clutch. Yeah, they have that sort yeah, of like country that, rock, but they just don't have the insanity or like that. Um, they don't. They don't have Neil know. Fallon, who's a fucking genius, basically. Yeah, and like, yeah but I mean, if everyone I've... had Neil Fallon, it wouldn't be special. Like Neil Fallon is for clutch. Let's yeah. keep it that way. Yeah, I just like. I think I found myself really wanting to like this album because I never really made the indie connection. But I'm like, you sound like these bands that I fucking love. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the problem. Is like, you're not trying to sound like you. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. but also for two fucking guys like that's savage, man. Like I didn't realize that they were just two fucking dudes. Yeah, it's just a rock right, duo. That's, 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 that's some that's, huge sound. That's what I kind of appreciate about it is the fact that it is only two dudes, and and this record in particular, a lot of their back catalogue really, it, it it just sounds like two dudes jamming, and that's all it that's all it is bread and butter wise it's just a guy with a guitar and a guy in a drum kit and they're just mm. jamming and uh sometimes it really works and sometimes it's just a bit meh and it's a shame that they're lumped in with a with a very unfortunate scene with a bunch of people that are so out of touch with music and more it's more about like i say your top man jeans than it is about artistic integrity and, and appreciating artists and, and whatnot you know so that is uh the black keys delta cream uh i mean i don't know if you guys have got really anything else to add to it really i mean i i don't personally it's no. just no, I've no. Said everything i needed to yeah yeah it's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination and and if you are fans of uh, bands like we said like black rebs or raconteurs all them witches um sort of very bluesy minimalist rock and roll or bar music then you might get a kick out of this because there are bits of this that are really good and to fans of kaiser chiefs and arctic monkeys shame on you well yeah i mean that goes without saying but okay <laughs> that's uh, the black keys delta cream all right moving on to the next album we're going to be talking about i say record this is actually an ep 
that we're going to be discussing on the show next. So uh, it comes from uh, Goffy pop punk influenced by the 1950s doo-wop, I think is the kind of is a good description for this uh, next release. Following up a self-titled EP that was released last year. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a band called Salem, their EP named Salem 2. So some of you may or may not know, uh, this is actually a cheeky little side project from a Mr. William Gold of the band Creeper. Are hmm. you, you guys familiar with the band Creeper or are you fans mm, of Creeper? No, no. No? Oh, cool. I'm, 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 I, I like Creeper. Uh, I think they're very distinctive for, uh, for reasons that will come up in this review. I mean, I'll hold up my hands and I'll, I'll say that I, I've not checked out the follow-up to Eternity in Your Arms, but uh, this EP has certainly got me back on board with Creeper. I'll, uh, I'll say that. So, Salem, what are you guys saying about them? Say it's I fun. Fuck... <laughs> I mean, yeah, go on, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't sure what to classify this as. This is just a bit like, is it punk? Is it indie? Is it a mixture in between? I just found it to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I did quite enjoy most tracks, particularly Draculads, which I found to be quite a strange but yet very enjoyable song. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Christoph, what do you reckon first impressions, mate? I fucking loved this. Like, yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, I'm just going to file this in my new Guilty Pleasures. You know? I wouldn't even say Guilty, it's, mate. It's not, it's like, it's not a thing, it's Guilty it's Pleasures. Just, they're just so weird but awesome like they're like gaslight anthem and my chemical romance and the arctic monkeys making like punky rockabilly you know mm. it's just and this is why i was like uh the like the my chem sort of aspect made it feel like a guilty pleasure and i'm like and but they sound like happy like early arctic monkeys you know uh, it's just it's interesting that you're getting the uh, kind of uh, the indie vibes off of it because I, I my mind immediately went to alkaline trio and the misfits you know it's just it was very it was very kind of engrossed in that very kind of goffy aesthetic you know it's it's, it's songs like Dra- um draculads and it's it's and the even the album artwork you know it's just covered in like bats and coffins and skulls and it's all like it's very it's all wrapped up in a very kind of um, bubblegummy, goffy aesthetic. Um, and it, it, like Barney said, it, it's just a really, really fun little EP. I think it's only about like four or five tracks in total. Draculads is the standout, I think, amongst the... the yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but it's, um, it's just like the perfect kind of pop punk that's laced with these elements of off and laced with these elements of 1950s doo-wop it's kind of got that midsection where it all slows down and it's like all hip swaggery and very like you know you can picture that in like a black and white film you know what i mean um yeah it's just it's just a really fucking awesome fun little ep this and uh it's cool that uh, i mean appreciate you guys haven't really checked out creeper much but um creeper are kind of in terms of the difference between this and Creeper, uh, it's certainly this is certainly more taking influence from, I would say, the more traditional hard hitting punkier stuff, uh, and also those those doo wop elements. Uh, it's it's incorporating a lot more uh, different areas, unlike Creeper, where you know that they kind of they're more of like a Mike Hemimo esque type thing. 
I mentioned it earlier on, but the thing that makes this so distinctive is is Will Gold's voice. I just think he's just got such a amazing voice. It's just so unique and, and so powerful. I mean, did you get that from, from listening to this, Barnaby? I mean, it, it, like, upon listening to this, has it made you want to maybe go into a bit more depth about not just this band, but also maybe Creeper? It's perked, my, it's perked my interest somewhat, but I wouldn't say it's perked my interest enough to make me be like, okay, this is definitely a band that I should check out. Right. But it has definitely been like, oh, okay, you know, every now and then if this comes up, I'm not going to, you know, skip it because it is enjoyable. Okay. It's difficult really to um, say anything more than what we said because it is such a short little EP, this, you know, it's, it's like there's not a lot to dissect from what there is. It's fucking brilliant. You know, it's, it's just a fun little EP that you can put on repeat a couple of times and get get a kick out of it. And yeah, I uh, there's not much more I can add other than it being like a really cool little fun side project. If you've got anything more else to add to that one, mate? Quite pretty I've much. Said uh, I think I've said, said everything much, I need to say. It's definitely worth your time, this. Um, especially if you are a fan of like Creeper and, as I say, bands like Alkaline Trio and The Misfits. Uh, so that is uh, Salem with their uh, their second ep uh, named salem 2 okay moving on to the next review so uh the next piece of music we're going to be talking about comes from a band called a caliban a uh, german metalcore band so they've dropped a little treat for fans uh from what i understand this is a collection of songs that the band had re-recorded from early releases and they've essentially re-recorded them and released them in their own native language speaking the dutch you guys fans of caliban christoph you're a fan of caliban i mean i am now oh cool so this is like a first introduction to them. yeah 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 oh, that's cool um i don't mind a bit of caliban i like that their name sounds like taliban <laughs> not that I, I like definitely... the Taliban, but obviously it's just it's the, the the familiarity, you know. People probably what did you say? Can you say that again? Caliban, not Taliban. Yeah. And Barnaby, presumably you're a fucking diehard Caliban fan. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't heard of them until we brought them up, so this is my first what? time listening to them. Are you serious? Never heard of them until we decided to review them. So yeah, Fuck this is the first time I'm listening to them. Caliban have been around for years. They've always been sort of quoted as being like the German version of Killswitch Engage, basically. Yeah, so I mean, do I... they normally record in English then? Yeah. I'm guessing from what you were saying, from this being remastered. Yeah. They never normally release on their previous albums. They've always been in English. So this one is obviously, as I say, in German. And uh, it's not new material, so I'll... I'll go through that i mean it, it covers songs from records such as uh, arena of uh, concealment uh i will never let you down it's um the, the tyrant ty- tyranny of misery it's essentially all of the uh the really really early material that they've decided to revamp and and obviously re-record uh but to obviously make it a bit different they've obviously decided to uh, put the vocals in their as i say native language i think that for my history with caliban the opposite from within is a really fucking good album and it's kind of if metalcore's done really well i mean i've it's a quote that i've obviously said before but when metalcore's done well it's really hard to sort of not enjoy it really it's mm. uh 
it's just one of those ones that is so easy to listen to. It's it, earworms; they get stuck in your head, and it's just uh, it's a bit hard to not enjoy if it's done very well. But at the same time, if it's done poorly, then it's the easiest thing in the world to hate. <laughs> so, um, what did you guys reckon when you listened to Caliban for the first time? I dug it. I think yeah. this is definitely on the better side of metalcore if we're talking about like good and bad. Um, right. To be honest, actually, I, this may sound bad, but I didn't realize it was actually a re-recording or you know revamping of old material. Until you just said so. I thought it was completely new material. No, yeah. See, I uh, I, I did a bit of digging, and it turns out because when you when you obviously go on their um, their sort of bio, it's I think the last record that they had released was back in two thousand and eighteen. I want to say. Uh, so the band are working on brand new material right now. Uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, so the, there is a, a new, actual new, new Caliban record coming out. But this was kind of a thing they decided to sort of drop in the interim, just to sort of, for the diehard fans, I suppose. And um, Just as like a, something to tide them over, I guess. Yeah, Which is cool yeah. in itself, actually. It's cool when bands do that. Yeah, I mean, it is. if, if you are a diehard Caliban fan, then by, this is definitely you'll get a kick out of it to hear like these alternative versions of the songs, especially in, like again, their native language. But you guys obviously listening to this for the first time, I mean, Barney, obviously you got a kick out of it. Christoph, what did you reckon when you when you stuck it yeah. on? I fucking loved it. Like, I loved how diverse yeah. it was. I loved how much atmosphere there was to this album. You know, like it was fucking gorgeous. Like instrumentally, it was kind of like in places like reminiscent of classical music in the way that like you can like feel the darkness. You could almost like feel picturesque fogginess. There was fucking brutality. It was just everything you want from an album, you know. And I think as well, being in German, you're not like trying to pick out what they're saying or whatever you just like reside in the fact that i ain't got a fucking clue what this dude's saying but i vibe with it mm. which is nice so i think it makes you just concentrate on the music as a whole yeah it's kind of partly the reason why i enjoy rammstein so much because like you don't necessarily have to have the uh the vocals take you like the music is enough for you to keep you interested it's cool there was one new song on this ep though uh which was the closure which i believe is called um niche nits i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but uh i nick. thought that was nick. Oh, no, I'm not, i don't i can't speak german well it sounds right but yeah it's um it's cool it's got like a it's got like a really cool bendy riff it's certainly not anything different to what you've heard before but uh as i say when metalcore's done well it, you can't really deny it. it gives you a cool insight as to where the band may be heading with the next record when it comes out i believe it may be a tentative release for the end of this year beginning of next year but uh we'll see but mm. yeah i think if you're a diehard caliban fan then uh you'll most definitely get a kick out of it because it's just a it's one of those more releases that's more for the fans, I think, as opposed to um, exposure for the band, really. <laughs> cool. Well, have you guys got anything else to add to uh, Caliban? Um, that is called Zeitgeister. That's out now. If, you, uh, if you're if you a fan of Caliban, then I don't doubt that you won't enjoy it. Just for a top tip for you two, I mean, if you do want to kind of go in a bit more deeper on this band, then I do strongly suggest that you go and listen to uh, The Opposite from Within, because that's uh, yeah, it's a good record. It, it's like saying... 
if you're going to start the kill switch record, then end a heart rate or live just breathing, basically. That's kind of like the equivalent, their equivalent of one of those records. All right. Well, yeah, okay. oh, um, I'll make sure to check that out. Yeah, nice. man. So that actually brings us to the end of the reviews on the show. Been a bit of a bit, a bit of a slow week or slow, slow month this month, really, in regards to releases. This is not a great deal of new shit that's coming out, but um, we'll persevere. And, and obviously, uh, I think moving on to the next segment of the show is a very, very big one. This is a big, big album. So we are going to be talking about Tools Lateralis, which is uh, today, in fact, as we speak, 20 years old. So it was the third studio album by the experimental rock juggernaut and uh, released on the 5th of May 2001. It was produced by David Bottrill, who had produced the band's two previous releases, Anima and Syllable, and became Tool's last album produced by Bottrill today. So before we dive in on this, I think it was just over a month ago that we brought a perfect circle to Symphonies of Destruction. And uh, and we talked about 13th Step. And during our discussion on that podcast, I think we all kind of firmly agreed that we we're all in the per- we we're all more inclined to go to a perfect circle than we were at all. I think will we all agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Is this where you come out and tell us that you've like aged 10 years and started smoking weed <laughs> and now taller, better? Is that what's well, about to happen? No, <laughs> no, no. We'll, we'll get to it. But I will say that pretty much ever since that podcast, Tool have essentially been on constant rotation for me. Obviously, other than the records that we've had to listen to for the show, it's basically been Tool that have been on my... Uh, on my speakers now uh i think for me personally uh, a big part of my dismissal with tool for so many years was for a couple of reasons there always seemed to be this very snobby elitist bubble that surrounded them yeah you always had like these very chin strokey cunts that used to make fun of metalheads for liking slipknot and obviously they'd be there in their tool shirts with their fucking glass of pinot grigio and basically judging everybody as they as they roll by and, and um kind of like they, they think of themselves as like these high class human beings despite them being stood shoulder to shoulder with them in, in like an audi you know it's like there was always this sense i don't know if you guys picked up on that vibe from tool fans but there was a lot of snobbery going on with them i feel you yeah know? yeah uh, you yeah. have the people I mean, who kind of turned me away from their music to a certain degree yeah yeah, yeah, those people who thought they were super intelligent because oh look, I've got an I listen to an album that studies the uh, the circle of life, and then you have the other people who are like, man, I just smoked loads of weed and they were trippy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> divide. But it pisses me off, uh, or it pissed me off, should I say, when when you had like this very, as I say, uh, elitist bubble that seemed to surround the band. And in a very kind of pretentious tool-esque fashion, their music wasn't very accessible for a long time. And, and I mean that literally. It was only in August 2019 that Tool finally buckled and decided to add their discography to streaming services. So, um, you know, that, that was a long period of time. I think it was oh, ever since streaming was a thing. I mean, everyone was always asking, like, well, when's Tool going to be added to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever? And you know, the yeah. band would just completely dismiss it. Like, no, our music shouldn't be consumed that way. Our music needs to be listened to in the dark with no distractions. Yeah. Well, the, like, 
Well, they also took that attitude when it came to releasing actual music because there's a massive gap between 10,000 Days and Dumb Fear Inokium. But yeah. then there's a bigger gap between um, like the last two Perfect Circle albums. They, they were 13 years. Yeah, but I, I think that because Perfect Circle... I mean, as we discussed, they're like definitely more of like a more a more immediate experience, if you know what I mean. Like they're like your kind of more traditional rock band, whereas Tool are a bit of an anomaly. Because, I mean, as as we'll go on to discuss, I mean, going back to the, what put me off the, the the fan base that surrounded them, the fact that their music was just so difficult to listen to, uh, knowing that they made their own wine. All of that glued together just kind of <laughs> fueled my dismissal for him, you know? It was just like, well, fuck you. Why should I Should I have to, like, work so hard to enjoy you when you're going to be that snobby and that pretentious? You know what I mean? I mean, did you guys had the same kind of relationship I did in regards to getting into Tool? I mean, were Tool, could you get on board with them straight away? Or did you guys kind of have to work to get into Tool? I mean, I smoked so much weed when I first discovered Tool that, like, I was like, they're just a band who bled into you. And I yeah. also lived in the asshole of nowhere, you know, like, until I moved to Swindon, I lived in, like, little villages and shit. So I didn't really have the social aspect of, like, yeah. this hierarchy of, like, oh, yes, look at me. I fucking wank off into crystal glasses and listen to Tool. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, d- I didn't have that. And I was just like, you know, I'm stoned as fuck. This band make me feel even more stoned. Like, I can feel this music seeping in through my skin and not just my ears, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, it, it was great. Like... I yeah. didn't really I didn't know any of this shit existed and then all of a sudden I'm like oh okay I feel like I'm the only tool fan who's not middle-aged or got his head up his own ass you know fair enough <laughs> I mean I, I guess that that's that's a very valid point uh depending on your background and if you are surrounded and like quite a I mean it was it was when I was coming up in college so college being a very social and uh so social atmosphere and you could have discussions with people about music and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I, I, that's how I make those kind of connections in between snobbery and people that were actually interested in being friendly and, and talking about music rather than, like you say, this hierarchy of cunts that were just above everyone and, you know, felt that they were better than everyone else because here's you lot listening to Slipknot and I'm listening to Tool, which is more, far more sophisticated. as I like, oh, fuck off. What about you, Barney? I feel like it's a journey that's still ongoing, to be honest. Like, as much as I do love them musically, it is, as you said, the fan base, which has kind of been a little bit like, do I really want to associate myself with that kind of, like, judgy, precious asshole kind of crowd? I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, musically, I do very much enjoy them. So I feel yeah. like it's style, starting to see that, okay, besides the fan base, you know, there's more to this band than just that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, so, like you say, in many ways, you're still kind of trying to get to grips with them at this point then yeah yeah Yeah. okay cool you see when it it really did take a long time for me to click but when it did fuck me did it i i remember like going into spotify and looking at their discography and and oddly i the first album i did pick was lateralis the one we're going to be talking about today and i i just picked it purely because i thought the artwork looked the most interesting out of the rest of the records that they have and um 
and I kind of went from there and um, yeah, obviously 20 years to the day. Is lateralis all that is cracked up to be? I'll uh, I'll start off with Christoph. I mean, what do you reckon about this this album in, in particular, buddy? I mean, it's just fucking flawless, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> it really. Like, despite us going through those tantrums of like the band being, well, for me being it difficult, it's hard to not argue. It's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. This and like, I love the fact that their prog sort of sound goes from like there's grunge. Mm-hmm. And there's like these swirling things, and there's much lush use of bass tapping, and it's just just everything about it, you know. Yeah. And I know people are like, "Oh, but tall, it they're so long, you know." It's like this album's an hour and fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. That's outrageous, yeah. realistically. But like, it is, but it doesn't feel. You that just know, and like, they're a band that you can immerse yourself in. Yeah. I've always been a fan of long songs. Like, if you want to build something, fucking go ahead and build something. Like, mm-hmm. as long as it's, you know, and yeah, just there isn't a bad track on it. Mm-hmm. There isn't a track that doesn't get old. Everything's yeah. just perfectly thought out, perfectly assembled. And yeah, yeah, dude, it's just like, and there's so much going on. You know, you got a lot of bands who do stuff like this. And there's so much intricacy and random noises and shit going on. Whereas Tool, like, it's like that intricate yet completely stripped back at the same time, you know? Mm. Yeah. Just this insane balance. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you say, when it comes to the the kind of push and pull, if you like, of the band, it's just when you've got all four of the members who are clearly all four of them, are just such ridiculously off the scale talented musicians when they're all like a <laughs> all working together like a fucking machine it's just it's just breathtaking to listen to really it's just this is what happens when you get these ridiculously talented musicians together and get them all pulling in the same direction it's just this is what you're going to get you're going to get nothing short of a masterpiece really and i mean that from the very syllables that may not james keenan spits on the album to you know danny carey's drums just fucking incredible i mean barney you being somebody who's not as on board at this point i'd say as me and christoph i mean what what did you have to say about the album when you stuck it on oh i fucking loved it well, tell us why then, Fucking buddy. Loved What's going on? Every single track. It's just how the song, each song, I know it's going to sound really stoner-esque, but like each song is a journey and you can never like put two and two side by side and it's completely different for each song. And that's what I fucking love about it. Yeah. And then it's just how the songs transition into each other. It's like you take like a transition between Eon Blue Apocalypse straight into the patient. It flows absolutely seamlessly. And it's yeah. just to have four musicians who are just that insanely talented in the studio together just banging out banger after banger just mm-hmm. absolutely and it's not like these are songs which you can't hum along to either like everybody's gonna know the bass intro for schism you know that one yeah. that's instantly recognizable but yet it's such an in-depth and complex track so it's just like it's something which is that catchy and can be can break into the mainstream that easily but it's something which is not you know sacrificing tool, tools core values 
And yeah. in another track like this, there's uh, Ticks and Leeches as well. So it's easy yeah. to see how the band became so popular with this album. Yeah, well, this was kind of, I mean, you, you, you look at the wash on social media right now because of it being the 20th anniversary. And I would say that this, this album's kind of highly regarded as being Tool's kind of body of work that everyone goes to. This is like the, the, the Tool album, if you like, that everyone basically praises universally. The thing is, is that you, you put this album on a whole twenty years late, a whole twenty years after its initial release, and it just sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. It was just so ahead of its time. The production just sounds so fucking clear and just so like it just sounds like it's like I say it's put through like a, a filter of today, you know. And when you consider it's twenty years old, it's fucking maddening to think that imagine listening like i couldn't imagine listening to listening to this album on the day of release because i listened to a lot of records that came out around this time and none of them sound at all as clear and as as sonically powerful as they do this album it's just it's bewildering to kind of consider that well you know when, when you when you also put on records around this time Obviously, uh, going back to Slipknot, they released Iowa, and then you put Iowa on now, and it definitely does sound like a recording of 2001. But you put on Tool uh, Lateralis, yeah. and it sounds like something recorded yesterday, you know? It's just there there can be clear parallels drawn between the difference in production from records at this time. Uh, I suppose, like, Maynard is just so meticulous with everything yeah. he does, and so militant. Like that dude is not gonna settle for less than one hundred and ten percent. You know. Yeah, this is, is great. It's, you know, and he never rushes. I think that's the nice thing. It's like a lot of bands they want to stay relevant and they want to bang shit out, so they just fucking get it done. Maynard's like, dude, it, it'll be ready when it's ready, and not a fucking minute before. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of why. Yeah, I respect that actually. A lot of. Uh, that kind of feeds into the whole like, oh well, when are Tool going to release a new album? And having those big huge, well, having that big huge break between, you know, records, was because uh, they are a band that like to take their time. And and when you're making albums like the albums Tool tend to make, you know, it's it's gonna, unfortunately, it is gonna take time because you can't rush perfection. I suppose is uh, is kind of poncy as that sounds. No, but this is it. And you look at Tool's albums like. You know it's tall when it comes on, but like no two albums are the same, you know? Mm. And that's that's what makes them lush. Like they're not using a four chord thing, they're not using the same fucking structure. This is why right. it takes time, because like they're real fucking artists. Yeah. In terms of the, the, the songs, I mean the fact that it opens with a song like The Grudge, which that wasn't even classed as a single from this record. And it's probably one of the best Tool songs ever, The Grudge. Uh, I believe the singles from this record were Schism, Parabola, and the, the title track, Lateralis. And one of those ones where every single solitary second on this album, there's just not one part of it that, that flops, or not one part of it that I would consider to be a weak moment. It's just all absolute fucking breathtaking art you know and um 
I'm not one of these cunts because, <laughs> like, doing like a bit of research into lateralis and and the kind of um, the 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 acclaim that it did get at the initial time of release, like this is how insane tool fans get, right? So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's this very not a conspiracy, but this kind of conceptual thing that these chin strokey fuckheads have come up with in regards to the title track lateralis so i'll uh, i'll read off the the kind of theory behind that song okay uh, bear with me because it is very uh it is very wordy but <laughs> what they're claiming right is that the, the the title track introduction lasts one minute and 12 seconds and the numbers are zero one one two they are the first four in the Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci, oh, for fuck. Fibonacci sequence. All right, well, there we go. I sound like an idiot. You can tell I'm not a hardcore tool fan, obviously. The first verse kicks in at 97 seconds, which is approximately 1.618 minutes, i.e. the golden ratio. Each verse is 55 seconds long, which is the 11th number in the sequence. The styleables in those verses match the sequences too, peaking at 13. Coincidentally, the same number of total album tracks. And then again, in a descending order thereafter. Furthermore, the time signatures of the song's main riff is 9 and 8, 8, 8 and 7 and 8. And 987 is the 17th number in the sequence. The final lines Maynard sings are spiral out, keep going. So I don't know if you guys kept up with that or not, or anyone listening kept up with that, but this is how much like these tool, like these hardcore tool-esque tooler knights, if you want to call them, <laughs> they like, <laughs> this is how much they absolutely claw over the band's uh, material and particularly each track on the song, you know, that they, they specifically pull out like the, the time signatures and, and the, the changes in between riffs and and the key changes they count them and i don't know if that i mean presumably you would think that was a genuine like artistic decision by the band but that's the level of musicianship we're talking about you know what i mean like that they're not only are they writing these incredible songs but there's the maths that are involved in it you know the the the, the, it's just absolutely mind-blowing and that's just one example of many throughout the tool back catalog that you know that they're even doing it up to this day with fear inoculum there's so much stuff to pour over the, the hidden things that you find and it's oh. it's just sorry mate we're gonna say oh, sorry i was gonna say is it this album or Ten Thousand days one of the two someone also went as far as to work out that the album isn't meant to be played in album order um yeah. there's a whole article about so, it and, it and the album the whole album if you rearrange it follows the the entire fibonacci sequence yeah from start is, to finish i yeah and this is why and like again it's that's one of those like beautifully maynard things people yeah. are always like you should never listen to an album on random or not in the correct order. And Maynard's like, do you know what? I'm going to make this album to follow the Fibonacci sequence. Then I'm going to fucking randomize the tracks 
and watch these fucking neckbeards go crazy when someone wants to listen to it correctly. Like 10 years <laughs> later, people suddenly go, hang on, this album's not meant to be played in order. And Maynard's like, dude, it took you a decade. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, how did fuck? you not figure this yeah, out how, earlier? How are you the first? Sake. Yeah, and also, how are you the first person to figure this out? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's just fucking beautiful. Can you think of any other bands that do that at all? I can't. I can't whatsoever. Uh, can you think of many other like and, uh, many other bands who no one has died yet? They've got like this cult following with like ten years of inactivity. Like, there's you go to any alternative pub or anything like that, and you can't, you can never escape seeing a fucking 35 plus year old in a tall t shirt, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or and like, or someone talking about them. Like, they did nothing for a decade, they didn't tour, they didn't tease music, they didn't fucking interact, yet they're infamously relevant. Yeah. You know, how does a band do that? Exactly. It's just, it's it's beyond words, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's like, I mean, going back to the very start of this, when you were saying, Christoph, like, are you going to tell us that you're a tall guy now instead of a perfect circle? <laughs> like, mm. I'm not, I, I am no way going to suggest that I am doing a, a 180 or whatever, but my, my brain says tall, my heart says a perfect circle. You know, it's kind of like I know that tall are better than a perfect circle. I know they're more intricate. I know they're more in, they're more of a, a fucking force to be reckoned with. But for me, I I love a perfect circle. I love a perfect circle, and I respect tall. <laughs> Is the way I and can. Then he gets drunk and has a hoe down to Pussifer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree on that, actually. I'll agree with Stephen 100% on this one. Yeah, man. Um, but, I mean, fuck me. What a record by a fuck it. I mean, what a record and what a band. You know, in 20 years, and it's still sounding so cutting edge. It's just, it says it all, really. Um, I mean, we could probably be here in, like, fucking another 20 years' time, and we'll get back to Lateralis and probably think that it still sounds just as cutting edge and just as current and just as... You know, just as sonically beautiful. So, uh, have you guys got anything else to add to Lateralis, or <laughs> quite all happy with with tools? Uh, yeah, tool? I think I think I'm all happy. Yeah, yeah, I am stoked on it. I hope that it doesn't take them another ten years to make another album. I know Maynard said that they carry they went straight into like writing new music, but I don't believe a word of that. Uh, again i i very not they're not a band too. not a band that can be rushed to so i reckon we'll probably yeah. get a bit more perfect circle and pussifer before we see tool again yeah, um, hopefully a perfect circle at the very least yeah well they like we never got a tool uk tour we got one download show and that was that i don't think tool have ever done a uk tour. well obviously they have but they've not done a uk tour in a long time but i suppose they also got robbed of that chance didn't they like fear inoculum came out what during the pandemic, uh, this is right well, at the start uh, of it. Well, it was released in 2019, so you oh, had 2019. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't announce the tour, and then it got cancelled. It wasn't like it was like they were planning on coming here. It was just they did the one-off download show, and and then um, they're also probably a band who will just like appear in London, just be like, "All right, guys, we're playing tonight," and they're like, and it still sells out, you know. 
Oh, and it will be like the O2 Arena. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Or it'll be like the yeah. King's Bowl. It will be the biggest venue yeah. to think of. Yeah. yeah, we're playing in four hours' time. The tickets sell and everyone attends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it will be one of those like ones that just sells out like that as well. And um, yeah, like I say, there's not much more I can say other than the fact that I, I do have a new appreciation for Tool. And despite my very rocky relationship with them from the start i get it all right tools lateralis go listen to it and have your mind blown if you like uh which brings us to the end of symphonies of destruction for the week and also the end of the show for the week so we hope that you've enjoyed it uh as you can probably tell as it's gotten longer and longer i'm feeling fucked from the effects of my jab (laughs) it's finally finally kicking in. in It's finally kicking in. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will be back next week for uh, for more bullshit. But but until then, we hope you enjoy the release of whatever it is you can do from Monday. I don't know what it is. You can go to a pub or give your friend a hand job from inside a pub, whatever. I don't do, you, know. do you still have to wear a glove to give your friend a hand job? Because I'm I getting so. bored of that. It doesn't feel the same. But you can't dance. You can't dance. You can't dance. No. No, no, you can't. You can't. You, can't, you can't have eye contact either. That's that all right because no, the last time no hand jobs in the work van with eye contact. This is that's a no go. Yeah, and no dance. Dancing hand jobs are dangerous, man. You end up snapping the peen sometimes. Yeah, well, he would know. <laughs> 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 all right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And uh, sorry it was a bit of a slow show this week, but we'll be back with uh, hopefully some uh, some much needed energy and and some. Um, some better releases so <laughs> well you we'll, can uh, start downloading better music now you've got your microchip bud well that's very true i'll blink and i'll have like the uh i don't know the brand new fucking machine head song in the space of 30 seconds we'll see fuck yeah yeah all right everybody we'll catch you later so bye for now peace see peace. ya bye